we're going to talk about, let's see, let's see how I can do this. Okay, so in case you don't know, I've got grandkids. And I, up to two weeks ago, was what is known as a pop-pop. Until one of my grandkids says to me, well, said to his father, Ryan, Rory comes to Ryan and says, Dad, how do you spell pop-pop? And so he starts to spell it. And he goes, wait, that's two pop. <laughs> so, my name has changed. And I am now the number one gangsta <laughs> grandpa there is. I have turned into two pop. <laughs> and... Uh, I was uh, telling Dave Locke about that, and he laughed, and he says, well, you got to have your last name, too. And he says, make it Tupop Shalom. <laughs> so, I am now Tupop Shalom. But, if I had to think about it this way, let's say, I, I, I've been thinking about this this week, because it's... At times it gets confusing to me. Why in the world, you ever wonder why God does things the way he does things sometimes? And sometimes I just, it just hits me and I'm like, well, why would he do it like that? And I was thinking about it one night this week and I'm like, so if I was God, if I was God, and I had created a world, and I had all these people that I had basically created that I consider my children or great-grandchildren or great-great-great-grandchildren. Are you with me? These are my children. How would I express to them what I want for them? How do I tell them that I love them? And they, for them to get it. Are you with me? It's like, and I just started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I suppose you could put signs up all over the place, but signs don't help a whole lot. I mean, just saying it at times doesn't help. But is there a better method than what he did? As I'm laying there, I'm thinking, I don't know that there's a better method than sending a son to die so that all of us can live. That is like, that's like next level thinking. That is like God thinking. Are you with me? That's not, we, we just don't come up with something like that. And so... As I was working on this, of course, I, I need you all to, uh, um, we're going to be talking about love this morning, and of course, I have to teach you the Hebrew word of the morning, and that is ahava, okay? 
Everybody needs to say that with me. Ahava. Ahava. And this is the Hebrew word. This is what's used in the Old Testament for the word love. Ahava. Okay? Now, when you hear that, it's like this is why it wasn't so confusing to the people in the New Testament when Jesus starts talking about you guys have all heard the New Testament word, agape. It's not confusing to them because they had heard ahava their entire life. Okay? So the first time where ahava, well, one of the times where ahava is used is in Deuteronomy 6.5. So in Deuteronomy 6.5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's a, that word is ahava, okay? In Leviticus, you get the second part of Jesus' phrase that he gives. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love ahava, your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Okay, that word ahava means you just love. It has no because. Does that make sense? There's no because there. It's not, I'll love you if you love me. It's not, I, I'll love you if you buy me a new car, daddy. No, that's not that love. It's, I just love you. I just love Matter of fact, when you do harm to somebody, it's that love that you still have for them even when somebody does harm to you. Does that make sense? That's ahava. It doesn't matter. They don't earn it. They don't do anything to receive it. It's just, you just love them. It's hard to explain at times. When you have children, many of you get that. It's like, I'm not very happy with you right now. And then you go to bed and it's like, but I still love them. There's, there's a depth there. There's a depth there that you get. And that's ahava. That's ahava love. And um, later on, there became a, this is a hard one for me because I know it's, I know it's easy when you see it, it's the Aramaic word. And you know, I have trouble with the uh, HK. Kyler just did it for me. Rachma. Rachma. Okay? That's Aramaic. Most likely, Jesus spoke mostly Aramaic when he was walking among the earth. He was recorded in Greek. So, when you... When they have writings of the New Testament, you will see very, there's a few that are in Aramaic, but for the most part, it's all in Greek. That was the spoken language. That was the common language at the time. And so it would be in Greek. But Rachma would be that love, okay? And so you kind of get the idea of that. Then the Greek word for the same exact word is Agape, or as I like to point out, really 
agape, but most of you don't, you know it as agape, so we just make it that way. Uh, Mark 12, 28, if we've got that scripture. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God. And that word is agape, agape in the Greek. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love, agape, your neighbor, as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. None are greater than these. Okay, you guys got it? That's the order, too. Love God, love your neighbor. We spend a lot of our time in our lives trying to live this. And as I'll get text messages from my friend Brad Young, lots of times, he's quick to point out, we like to reverse them. Do you guys know that? It is hard for us to be really passionate about God and just seek him constantly. Just seeking him. Seeking his face and seeking him. And we spend our time trying to show others that we love them. And we end up spending most of our time doing the second part of the commandment instead of the first part of the commandment. And when you spend most of your time trying to do the second part, loving your neighbor as yourself, instead of doing the first part, prior to that, believe it or not, you will burn yourselves out. Because you're busy, 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 busy. The outgrowth of just loving God should be, I just love my neighbor. You don't even have to think about it. It just happens. You just love them. Because you love God so much. And what helps doing that is a simple verse in 1 John 4, 10 and following. Where John, who spent an awful lot of time with Jesus, tells us, just in case we're confused about this issue, he flat out tells us what love is. You guys ready for this? Okay. This is love. That word is agape. Not that we loved God, agapao, okay? Past tense, loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And I know we can hear that in our minds. But that flat out is what love is. That is it. That is how he solved 
the advent issue of his coming with love. And we can sit and say, oh, he loved us so much. No, he sacrificed himself for us. This is deep. This is really powerful of a statement to say. Um, I think I've got the rest of 1 John here. Go ahead and show the more of the... Okay, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. You see, you see how he did the same thing that I said earlier? You love God so much that the other one just springs from it. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have not seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. That love that we have for others, that love that we have for one another is such a powerful thing to the world. That's where they see how much we love God. But we've got to love God first so that we can love others naturally. Does that make sense? Okay. This week, pulled the Christmas trees out. This is an interesting story. Some of you will find this fascinating. Some of you won't, okay? But last year, we did a Christmas Eve service here. And on Christmas Eve, we set a rocking chair up right over here. And Karen Tillery read the Christmas story. You guys remember that, that we're here? She read the Christmas story, and she sat there and she rocked. And she, she read the Christmas story to all the children that gathered around her. Here's the weird thing. She helped put the tree up on Tuesday. She didn't remember reading the Christmas story. She remembered nothing about it. It's like, no, Karen, you did it. No, I don't remember doing it. Yes, you did it right there in a rocking chair. I don't remember anything about it. And it was really hard to convince her that she actually did that. And she comes over here, and they're hanging ornaments up on the tree. And as she's hanging an ornament up on the tree, hanging on the tree is her earring that she lost a year ago when she was reading to the kids. And she's not found that earring ever since. And I said, now, does that prove? Well, quite obviously, I was here. <laughs> but I don't remember it. <coughs> And so we're putting the trees up, and we put this tree up, and we get it up, and it's like, oh, that, that looks great. And Cassie says, I'm pretty sure they had some really large bulbs on it also, and it made it look amazing. And so we went out to find some extra large bulbs for it and stuff. And as we are doing this, I was kind of talking about my message that I was going to do this week. And Teresa says to me, she says, we do a memory tree. 
Now, out in the hallway is a memory tree. It's known as a memory tree. And so you can bring your favorite bulb if it reminds you of a loved one who has passed on, and you can hang that on the memory tree. Does that make sense? So feel free to hang a bulb or an ornament on the tree out here. And I said, that really fits in because I'm going to talk about love this Sunday. And whether you guys realize it or not, the greatest love that we can share with anyone is to share with others Jesus. That is the most important love that we can share. So, I went out and I bought some gift tags, okay? If I can have a Vanna White step back and grab, and there's some ink pens back here. There's some white ones and some brown ones, and they're hard type gift tag. See, she's holding them up. They're back on the table. And all I want you to do is this. Sometime after the service, write the name of someone. Someone whom you, who you think needs to experience the love of Jesus. This is just someone that you keep thinking of. That it's like, you know, they just need Jesus. And, and you, you care about them, you love them, but you want us to pray about them. And I'll take those, and we'll hang those on the trees with the memory tree, and I will stop and I'll pray over each one of the tags. And so I'll pull each tag and pray out of them, and maybe we'll see what God can do this Christmas season. Does that make sense? And actually showing our love to other people. Some of you may be confused just a little bit and not getting what I'm saying. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, okay? My wife and I, when she was teaching fifth grade 119 years ago, she had the worst child in the history of mankind that she was teaching. Most of you know this child. His name is Brandon. That's the way we typically refer to him whenever he's discussed around the church. Brandon is here. Okay, that's the way we refer to him. I'm going to write Brandon's name down. We probably have exhausted all that we could do for Brandon. Okay? We have tried to show him love. We tried to show him things. It's up to Jesus now. Am I right, coach? I'm right. It's up to Jesus. So we're going to put his name, I'm going to put his name down on one of those ornaments, and I'm putting him on the tree. That's what I'm saying, okay? That person, that person that, Brandon, and you, you, I am telling you, that is the way that we, back when I worked at Powell Church, the preacher would tell, at times he would come to me and he'd say, hey, Brandon came by the church earlier this week, and I'd wonder, and I'd look at him and I'd go, Brandon? And he'd go, no, you know, Brandon. And so I knew it wasn't Brandon. And then he would say, 
Brandon, stop by for a drink today. 17 times for a drink. He just needs some company. I'll go out and hang out with him. Okay? And so it was an immediate response that can happen with that. But do you know what? This is how much that God loved us. Because whether we want to admit it or not, we probably, each and every one of us, would be a brand today if we didn't recognize the love of Jesus. And so that's why I want to encourage you. So if you have an ornament that reminds you of a loved one, feel free to set it up on the tree. I, I already, right now I can see some ornaments that are out there on the tree already. But that's where we'll hang our love ornaments also. And there's pins and there's uh, tags back there, so feel free to do those. We're going to do communion. And my wife asked me right before I came down, did I get anybody to do communion? So, of course, I didn't because Nathan's not here, and that's his job, but he's not feeling well. So a few of you guys and gals that are, like, used to doing handing, passing out communion, we need to do that. So head on up. You're, we're looking for three or four. Thank you. And uh, here's, here's the thing when it comes to our communion time. This is, this is that time where we ought to be able to look at ourselves and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. You're such a loving God. That's what Advent in the week of love is all about. We have blown it. And 1 John flat out tells us, let me tell you what real love is. And that's what God has had for us. Why we were still sinners. He sent his son to die for each and every one of us. That's love. 